Jim, James, Tim. What's his name? I wrote it down. Jeff. <laughs> Please welcome Jeffrey Lord. Oh, this is for the Jeffrey this Lord is- show. Lord, really? I thought Jeffrey Lord was kind of like a real guy. How are you supposed to be a strong, thrilling, powerful warrior and lover with a name like this? It is like a weak ejaculation. <laughs> Jeff. The Lord is the gatekeeper of all music in Fort Worth. Oh, Jeffrey. If you don't love the Lord, you're F and F. Like, really, is this the level that you sung to, Lord? So I'm done with Jeffrey Lord. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to another episode of the Funky Town Podcast, and I am your host, Jeffrey Lord. All right, thank you, thank you. All right, everybody have a seat. All right. Oh, we are back again for another week. i got a big show for you this week. Um, first off, don't I sound pretty good? My voice, my tones. It sounds good, huh? I've got a new microphone, new headphones. Yeah, I didn't talk about it last week, and I hope... Mr. Joe Savage doesn't mind me talking about it, but he reached out a few weeks ago after he was on, and he's been going through and listening to a lot of past episodes and stuff. It's been really cool. He's been talking to me about them and, you know, kind of what he's learned looking backwards, his reflection and everything, and I don't know. I guess it means a lot to him listening to it. He wanted to donate some stuff to the show. He's like, man, I want to help out. I want to donate. And so he brought me over a... Um, a new microphone that he's not using, and it sounds really good, and some new headphones so I can hear really well. So that's really, really cool. And we're going to have, um, with help from Mr. Joe Savage, we're going to have some t-shirts here pretty soon. So I haven't put it on Facebook yet. I haven't told anybody about it yet. So if you're hearing this, you are the first person to hear about it. Hopefully, pretty soon, maybe sometime in February, you know, I'll be able to get some. I'm only ordering 25. So... I wanted to give the people that are hearing me the first shots so you can send me a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can text me on my phone if you know my phone number. Send me a DM. If you don't have, if we're not friends on Facebook or Twitter or any of that kind of stuff and we're not, you don't have my personal phone number to send me a text, then you can shoot me an email at funkytownpodcast at gmail.com. So just get in touch with me. Say, hey, I'd like to get a shirt. They're $25. Let me know what size you want. I'll put you down so that way um, whenever I get them in, the people that contacted me from listening to the show will be the first ones that I'll make sure get some. And then here in like a week or so, I'll actually put it on Facebook and take orders there. So I wanted you guys to get in first. If you're hearing this, send me a message. Hey, man, I really want a shirt. Put, Put me down for a large or whatever. Um... You don't have to pay right now, but I'll put you down. And then when they come through, I'll holler at you. All right. So, anyways, that's pretty cool. We got some shirts coming. I need a microphone. Got some headphones. Everything is going good. We got a new year. So, and we got a new show this week with Mr. Joe Tacky. It was funny when I, um, I assume 99% of you listening to this know that me and Joe are friends from way back. The first round of Funky Town Podcast, he was the producer of the show. Um, we did it over at his house, the little studio. And so, with the end of the show and COVID and all that stuff, I haven't really talked to Joe that much over the last couple of three years. So, when I called him, I thought it might be a little strange. Um, 
wasn't sure exactly what kind of topics we would get on. Um, I wanted to talk to him about me motor scooter. And I wanted to talk to him about Cloudland, see what he had coming up this year as far as who he's recording and that kind of stuff. And then kind of wherever else went with wherever else, whatever else happens, you know, whatever. I don't know what I was trying to say there. But we just talk about whatever else came up. And that's kind of what happened. What I didn't see coming was I didn't know that Joe was currently playing in guitar, playing the guitar in a, another band, not Oakland Toasty, not me Motor Scooter, but a different band I didn't know about. And so... That was a surprise, a pleasant surprise, so that got us talking about different forms of music and different favorite singers. I don't want to spoil it all before we get there. I don't want to tell you everything we talked about before we talk about it. You have to listen and see. But it was fun. Went a little long. My original plan this week was to do like I did last time and play you know, a couple of new songs and a Mee Motor Scooter track and then another Mee Motor Scooter track and a couple of new songs. Um, but we talked long enough, and I'm being too long-winded here. To where I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm just going to keep it this week. Pretty much Joe Tacky, Me Motor Scooter. We'll have a Me Motor Scooter song, Joe Tacky interview, and then we'll finish up with another Me Motor Scooter song. I probably should have told you the, the songs we're going to play. We're going to play Slacker and Wasteoid, I think it is. Oh, man, I wish I would have remembered to do this. Um, but I will have it. Yeah, Slacker. We're going to play Slacker, and then we're also going to play Wastoid. That's the two we're playing. And so, after I talk here, you'll hear Wastoid or Slacker, and then we'll close out with Slacker or Wastoid. I don't know which one's which first. I probably should have thought about that before I talked about it, but I didn't. So, Wastoid and Slacker are the two motor scooter songs you're going to hear on this one, and you're going to hear some Joe Tacky. You're also going to hear us talk about Garage Barrage for a little bit, and it's really exciting. They have a new album out. Um, check it out. I was going to play a song this week and didn't. Um, but speaking of Garage Barrage, the one of the guys in Garage Barrage, the singer, frontman, guitar player, heartthrob, Mr. Ian McKinnon, um, is part of Coffee Pot Films as well, if you didn't know. A lot of local bands around town have had videos done by Coffee Pot Films. Well, they also did a short film, 15 minutes. It's called Mystery Murder. It's on YouTube. They've got lots of awards from it over the past year or so. They've been shopping it around. I watched it. It's fantastic. It's great. Ian plays a character named Jeff, so it's always fun to hear somebody with my own name, Jeff. So check that out. Check out Mystery Murder on YouTube. Check out the many projects of Mr. Joe Tacky. All right, Joe Savage. Give some love to Daniel Katsuk, who we had on last week. And then um, keep it posted for next week. There's lots of new songs that are coming out, and I keep wanting to play a bunch of them, and I just keep doing something different. And so I do apologize for that. But all right, let's go ahead and... Oh, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to hate myself if I don't mention it. This past week, um, a dear friend to a lot of people in the Fort Worth community Mr. Robert Stanley has passed. Um, he goes by Robbo. He's a weird character, crazy cat, very cool, very friendly. Um, everybody loved him. And I kind of wanted to do something special this week, play some music or talk about him that much. But frankly, I didn't know the man that well. I've been at the same place as him a couple of times, and I think we've been in, introduced. I don't remember if we tried to have him on back in the day or not 
um, I get the feeling that he's the kind of guy that might have told us no. Sometimes people tell us no when we ask. When I ask, hey, you want to come on? Nah, not really. I'm cool. And that's fine. You know. Um, but I don't remember if he ref- if he didn't want to come on or if we didn't ask him. But that's one person I regret that I didn't interview when I had the opportunity was Mr. Robert Stanley, a.k.a. Robbo. And so he'll be missed. Um, so just shout out Tim and his family, his friends. Fort Worth lost a really funky character this week. Funky Town's a little smaller without Robbo in it. And so rest in peace, my brother. Rest in power. Um, yeah, I meant to ask Joe, too, um, some thoughts on Robbo, because I think they may have talked a little bit more, um, and he might have had a little bit more personal story, but I didn't. We got into everything else except that. So, anyways, this has already been a really long talking intro, so I'm going to go ahead and get on with the music. Uh, let's just go ahead and listen to Wastoid by me and Motor Scooter. We'll hear the interview with Chotaki, and then we will close it out with Slacko. And then I'll see you next week. Peace, everybody. Dread
Now it's time for our interview. Hey, what's up, Jeff? Hey, Joe. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. How about you? Not too bad. Uh, can you hear me okay? I'm using my earbuds, and they're sometimes kind of wonky. I can hear you. I can also turn you up a little bit, I think, here. All right. Okay, cool. You, you can hear me all right? Oh, yeah, I got you. Fine. Yeah, I got a, um, a small donation from uh, Joe Savage. He donated me a new microphone and new headphones. Oh, badass. I mean, they're not That's brand so cool. new. They're new to me. They were, you know, he was, he called one day. He was actually went back and listened to some of the old, old episodes. You know, back and listen to the ones from like I think 2014 and 17 and 18. Oh, right on. You know, and then uh, he was like, "Man, I really appreciate what you do." He's like, "I want to do do something for you. Do you need anything? I got some old microphones and and actually my headphones just crapped out." I was like, "Well, I could use some headphones." And he brought over a couple of a pair of headphones and a microphone. And oh so, man, that's nice of him. Yeah, it's real really cool. cool. Yeah, you know, I think he's going to do some other things for us too. It's real cool. Yeah, it, it's cool whenever people reach out. Like that, just out, just out of the blue, you know. It wasn't out of the blue. I just had him on Monday, or not Monday, but the yeah. first, the first of the year. <clears throat> well, I mean, yeah, what you're doing is uh, important and appreciated, so oh. it's good. Uh, well, I wasn't fishing. Other people, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I wanted to ask you before we got into it, how's the how's the little girl? How's the dad life? Uh, it's good, man. She's good. She, um, you know, she just turned three, so she's kind of a terror. But uh, tonight, um, Amanda had book club, which is why this night worked out super well for this. Um, and uh, so anyway, it was kind of my night to put her to bed. And she, like, usually we'll put her down at like 7, 7.30. And then she just, like, fucks around in bed until like 9. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tonight, like, you know, I gave her a bath and all that stuff. And then read a story and kind of went through our bedtime routine. And I put her in bed. And she just like out like a light and like hasn't even moved. So like I got kind of worried actually that she hasn't even moved. So I go in there to check on her and she's like just snoring away. Yeah. Just out. She must have had a big day. Yeah, I think she did. She's transitioned to a new classroom, so she's in like the big girl class now. Uh, and so I think that that's uh I think that transition's been kind of exhausting. But she's starting to get kind of a equilibrium about it. Are y'all planning on having any more, or is she gonna be y'all's only? Um, we're gonna try for one more. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that all works out. But yeah, we're gonna try for one more. Yeah, our intention was always just to have Zoe, you know. And we moved over here with just her. She was eight or nine, and uh, was gonna get her in the in the Montessori and just kind of put all of our resources into that. And I think Diana's Diana was always on like the really long birth control where it was like, she would get it once every few years or whatever. And, oh, right. Yeah. You know, and I think it had just went up and we hadn't got around to getting back to it or whatever. And next thing you know, it's like, Hey, guess what? Hey, <laughs> you, know? Nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, she was nine already. It's like, okay, well we weren't expecting that. It's cool. It's awesome. You know, um, yeah, it's weird because it's it's um, I don't know what it's like if you have two girls. I'm oh, I'm sure it's the same thing. Whereas they're completely different people. Obviously, you know they're their own unique. And even if you have nine, all nine of them are going to be totally different from the other. 
So that's always interesting. Oh God, yeah. But I uh, got to imagine. But uh, having a boy and a girl, I'm glad that we got to experience the because he's a whole different trip than she was. Yeah. How are uh, Zoe Dice doing? Oh, they're, doing good? they're good. Did you hear that Zoe got a job at the zoo? Oh no, I didn't. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean it's way cool. it's just the entry level. You know, she's on on the trash cruise. Some days she just walks around and picks up trash as she finds it, and other days she works in the cafeteria. Or one day she may have bathrooms, or she'll go around to all the bathrooms and make sure they're all you know doing whatever. So it's all that that kind of stuff. But she loves it. That's way cool, man. That's so cool. We were just actually we just went to the zoo uh, a couple weekends ago. Oh, she was probably there. Yeah, she probably was. So um, we'll look out for her next time. Yeah, yeah. They have a. Um, I didn't realize it, but they have like a a membership that you can get. I think it's less than a hundred bucks a year. Yeah, we were looking at that because we try to go like twice a year because it's so close and it's such a badass zoo. You yeah, know, there's no reason not to. Yeah, um, yeah so and we, you get your yeah, discount prices and all that kinds of stuff with the membership and free admission. Yeah, it, I think it's kind of a neat deal. Oh, that's way cool. Yeah, glad she's uh, finding her finding her niche. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. You know, um, if she'll get tired of it in six months. Like I said, she's really nervous about spring break mm-hmm. coming because that's when it's like the busiest week of the year is their spring break. Oh yeah. Have you ever oh, gone? Yeah. There? yeah. No, it's one year. Um, Diana always takes off that week, and and she was like, "Hey, let's just go on a Wednesday, go to the zoo or whatever." And she's like, "It was like, a, it was down the street just to get in the parking lot, you know." Oh I mean, my god! You had to wait to get in the park. It was so crazy, you know. And so that's their that's their hell week or whatever. And so she's a little bit nervous like that. She's already. A couple of the holidays that we've just had, like New Year's Day and like um, this last Monday, was real busy because it was so nice and everybody's off. But it, it's still yeah, not going to compare. Went, Go ahead. The day we went was like that random, like just beautiful seventy-two degree day a couple weeks ago or whatever. Like right around, you know, right after New Year's, maybe right before or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was it was pretty busy then too. But um, yeah, I assume it gets crazier. <laughs> yeah, like during the spring and summer, and so. We'll see yeah. how she feels about it then. But yeah, no, so far she really likes it. That's cool. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, did, I wasn't able to get out and see you guys play this last, what, Friday at, at Lola's? Yeah. You had, you had it Matt May. Oh, yeah, Matt May. Yeah, he filled in on drums and he did really good. He, I mean, obviously, right. you know, dude's a professional. But, was without saying shit. Um, yeah, it was a good show. I mean, there's a ton of people there. I think they said it was like. 100 people through the door or something like that oh nice yeah so it was, it was cool we had a uh, we had fun um so it was all good yeah i wanted to ask you about um so i guess now y'all are probably on like would you call it me motor scooter 3.0 yeah that's kind of what we're calling it yeah <laughs> um so do y'all have some uh are y'all writing new songs? Do y'all have like new stuff that you've already yeah, got that you're just as, making? Or as, yeah, no. As a matter of fact, we we didn't have anything new. Um, and then um, Sammy just was like, "Well, we need to you know freshen up or whatever." And so um, he started writing writing a new like LP. Like he's like, "I want to do a full length record. I want it to be like this." And 
So he had all these ideas in mind and he just started doing it. And so the next thing we know, we've got, you know, a record ready to record if I could ever get my fucking studio finished. Oh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Good job in practicing. So, I mean, it's ready to, oh, as far as like, yeah, we, y'all know the songs and stuff? Yeah, we have been. We've been working on it um, for a couple months since like October, really. Maybe a little bit before because we were working, we started working on it with Chase, but then, um, we uh we ended up ditching a couple of those songs sandy's been um he'll like write some songs and if he doesn't love them he'll just kind of throw them away sure um so which is kind of cool kind of admirable because it's hard to throw away a song you know yeah you know, you, you know so much time cranking them out and so. you just have um, a way of talking yourself into why it's great <laughs> even though it's not yeah, exactly <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So he's been he's been pretty good about being like, nah, this ain't right. So, um, so yeah. So then Mike's been practicing with us since October, and then we had obviously Matt Mabe, um coming in other days of the week to um, to practice with us when he was available, which wasn't super often, but you know we made it work. Does, um, does having a different drummer um, make the uh, sound different not really different but you know and it's like because there's different there's different energies different approaches and style of playing and stuff does that affect the songwriting and yeah honestly it really well maybe not the songwriting so much but so since we had like all these songs kind of like you know known with um uh with mike but um matt obviously had never heard mike play them and so he had no frame of reference so he just kind of did his own thing maybe you know like based on our notes or whatever of course like you know you know uh hey no there should be a a drum break right here whatever whatever the case may be um and so like then practicing like we practice on like tuesdays with um mike and then wednesdays with matt or whatever and it was it was weird. It took a little kind of getting used to because you get kind of set in the way that, at least as a bass player, I'm kind of set in the way the drummer plays. And then, um, you know, so I, I, I build a lot of what I do based on the, the drum beat. And then if all of a sudden, like that drum beat is <laughs> quite a bit different, um, you know, it can kind of trip you up a little bit. No, I would think so. I think even as a singer um, or g- g- guitar player, I would always listen to certain cues from the drums to know that I'm getting ready to do this or I'm this is when I do this or whatever. And so now if that that cue isn't there, if, I, if I'm not really paying attention, I could get lost in where the song is. Yeah, and luckily I don't think Sammy Super has that problem just because he just pretty much only focuses on himself which is fine you know as it should be or whatever but um so i don't think he i mean he gets hung up on like hey there should be a stop here and you play through the stop oh of course um but because you know like if me motor scooter songs are not what anybody would consider complicated but what makes them fun is all like the you know kind of unexpected starts and stops you know sure and so that's what kind of keeps them interesting so you know those parts matt even at the show matt um he played through a few but he he plays with such fucking gusto that like you don't even really notice it you know it's funny no that's cool yeah, yeah now it was he's done it long enough to where it's like you know like i said you're um you're not doing like st- stuff in movements and pieces and all this kinds of stuff. It's, you know, so he can feel kind of what he's supposed to be doing. I'm, I'm sure that it comes pretty, you know, naturally, but I, that's kind of way I thought 
honestly thought all drummers were that way. So I thought that like if you played drums <laughs> in a, in a band, you just kind of played the way you played, and then if somebody came in and re- replaced you, then any songs that you played on that they're playing on, they're just gonna, they're going to play it different because it's just the way they play it. It's still going to be in time, but it's not going to be the same. But then I've learned that no, of course, dummy, just like every other in, in instrument, you can learn exactly how to play like the drummer before you played you can learn those parts and play it exactly like the record you know right yeah and to me that's like wow yeah it, it makes sense with a guitar or bass because there's notes you know but with drums it's when to hit the 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 hi-hat and how many times does the snare to the tom to which tom to what kind of symbol and you know right yeah and that, that shit's so over my head but i mean like i mean, playing with billy in this country band and so he's been imparting a lot of like i don't know he's you know still kind of a teacher all the time and so he's like okay well guys just so you know here's what i'm doing now and this is why and blah 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 and, um so I'm, I'm learning a lot of how that kind of stuff goes together but it is very much over my head yeah <laughs> which yeah. is i'm i'm lucky because i've got like you know people like billy or matt Mabe in my rolodex and i just be like uh i need drums on this thing come boom chick for me please right what's the country band that you're doing with billy um it's called the waking snakes so it's um i've been wanting to play in a country band forever Uh and um anyway just kind of uh everything worked out or timed out kind of the right way so um uh, Billy and Aaron, both from Bruce Magnus, are playing drums and bass, and then I'm playing uh, like a lead guitar. And um, Matthew Lane, uh, Matt Bruckner from Red Admirals, is um, playing rhythm guitar, some lead stuff too, and then um, singing. Okay, he's the front man for yeah, Red Admirals, the the real tall guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. And so. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's a really you know he's a good singer and like uh, this genre that we're doing is one that he um, kind of cut his teeth doing the sort of alt country thing before doing the more kind of stoner rocky stuff. Um, and so this is like you know very much in his wheelhouse. I put a call out um, a while back to uh, um, see if anybody wanted to join the band. No one already had you know like two players um, in mind and Matt like a. Uh, hit me up i was like hey man give me a shot and so him and i just kind of got got together several times talked about shit and at the time things with scooter were going crazy too that's probably a story for another time um and so matt and i just you know like we've always been friends and friendly but like we really hit it off and became pretty close friends and then um started practicing and we've been kind of working at it for about a year and now uh i think we're gonna we're trying to book our first gig i can't get uh we're trying to book it at Sunshine, but I can't get Matthew Data to write me back. But that's cool. I'll have to keep an eye out. Yeah, man. Let me know because I want to come see y'all. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's very like, like kind of raucous, like old '97 sort of barn burnery. Sure. Um, kind of country like, drive by truckers, kind of um, cow punk. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, see, you know, it's for like rock and roll dudes. Like man, music, so. somebody a long time ago. It wasn't me termed it the alternative and i don't know why it never stuck but it'll always be the oh alternative God. to me so i um that's so funny you say that so this i've been listening to andy richter has his podcast called three questions and um he has different guests on and they just it's kind of a long-form interview 
and uh, Rhett Miller was the guest this week, mm-hmm. and so he's talking talking about you know uh, playing an old ninety sevens for like thirty years or however long it's been, and just all this different stuff. And then he got on the uh, the thing. He was like, um, he's they've never played Americana Fest, and he's like, which is kind of fucked up. Because, like, when I was there when the term Americana was invented, uh-huh. like, literally, I was I was with the guy who was like, I think we should call this Americana. Uh, but anyway, so then he started talking about, like, the kind of his genre names, the alt-country and all that stuff. And he's like, but you know the one I fucking really hated? It was Yahoo. <laughs> oh, he, he hated it? No, that was always my favorite. And I love Rhett, but I would yeah. disagree with him. I thought that was awesome. I wish it would have stuck. Yeah. <laughs> so we differ on that part me and Rhett. yeah no but that's like i don't know i think alt country i that's the term i kind of prefer but that's also probably the same reason like that was the first i heard that term i learned who the old 97s were and then i heard that term and i went okay and then just like locked that in my brain for yeah forever, so um another good one from that time was it i think it man i always get them confused was it baboon it's the um no, Baboon was a punkier band. We played with them once. Okay, who was, who was it? It was another. Uh, the guy just died. The guy just died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh my god! If you hadn't said anything, I could have remembered it. Uh, because we Slobberbone. Slobberbone. We listened to them all the time. Yeah, because yeah. So Matt was really good friends with all those dudes. Okay. Um, so we actually we went and saw Slobberbone at Lola's a couple weeks ago. Oh shit! They're playing in Denton this weekend. As a matter of fact. Oh, nice. Okay, but they're always kind of that same. Alt country, yeah, very much. Kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah, rock, rock and roll country, or you know, whatever, um, rock tinged country music. I mean, it's always, I don't know what my what the style that I pre- prefer, but that 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 crossover stuff has always been been my favorite. And like when I try to go back and trace it to its roots or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. The name that I always come across is Graham Parsons from the Flying Burrito Brothers. As yeah. like the as like the king of taking like country yeah. music and like the hippie whatever. And I I would say he doesn't get enough credit, but I I still think that um Mike Mike Nesmith was doing the same thing at the same time. I don't know if he was influenced by oh, him right. or whatever, but it was still that um I know everybody thinks of him as a monkey, but he had some really great country tunes that were very much, you know, kind of that crossover rock, and he would wear like the nudie suits and stuff, um, as well as right. Grand Parsons. At, that would, so that kind of stuff always, you know, and then just the southern rock that came out of it, like your Leonard Skinner and everything like that. And um, I always dug any of that kind of stuff that had the. Man, I, I got into a deep dive on Leonard Skinner a while ago. Um, I was like, man, I want to know more about these guys. I grew up with like their greatest hits or whatever, you know, like most folk did i mm-hmm. reckon um and you know like I, I like the tunes and then at one point you get old enough and people are like you shouldn't like that it's you know fucking racist hillbilly music or whatever and then um i don't know that never sat right with me for some reason and so i listened to some kind of oral history or interview with somebody involved and um i guess at the time like when they first came out um uh, what's his name? Um, Ronnie Van Zandt. Oh, they're all Van Zandt um, of some kind, yeah. Yeah, well, so the original, you know, the original lead singer that died in a plane crash, it, 
say Ronnie Van Zant, um, that may be wrong, but um, apparently, like, he was, like, really subversive. Like, his lyrics were really meant to be more tongue-in-cheek. They weren't super serious. But then after he died, and then his brother took over singing the band, his brother was, like, apparently kind of dumb. Like, um, like just slow, you know, uh-huh. not a smart dude. And he took all the songs, um, like, literally, and not as tongue-in-cheek. And so then that's that's the point when they flipped to, you know, more Confederate flag crowd and, you know, like not, you know, it wasn't just like this new genre called Southern rock. And then these guys are still like essentially hippies. They're just playing a, a new form of rock that would later get associated with kind of a bad reputation. Hmm. So I hmm. thought that was kind of interesting. It is interesting. Heard, heard that before. Yeah, I think they just, I never really thought of their music as being racist, but I've only heard, you know, like the stuff like, you and, know, and see, I mean, that's Tuesday's the, Gone. The thing or, is, like, you only get that connotation from other people, and I think, you know, because if you just listen to the music, it's not it's not really like that. That's not, that doesn't feel like an accurate description of it, calling it, you know, racist or, you know, hillbilly or whatever. Um but if other people start saying that enough, then you kind of start associating it that way in your brain. Um, but yeah, it really wasn't meant to be. Now, I don't know what songs they wrote after he died. But right, right. Because I'm just thinking of like, ooh, that smell, or Tuesday's Gone, or, you know, What's Your yeah, Name? Give Me Three Steps. Give Me Three Steps. You know, like, all those songs are just rock songs, you know? Yeah. Now, I got into um, Over the Pandemic, man, and it's like, I don't know why, but I went back and listened to I don't know if you ever got into them or not, but um, Cinderella's Heartbreak Station. Do you no, to- I. They hit at a weird time. That's that, like that's one of the markers between you and I's like age. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is, is that hair I metal stuff? That with, like, yeah, the hair metal stuff. I was just too young for, and by the time I was old enough to be into stuff, like Nirvana was out, and it damn sure wasn't cool to like like hair metal. Uh-huh. It's something that you're your friend's older brother liked and you're like oh that's kind of weird <laughs> so i've grown an appreciation as as an adult for it um on some level but uh yeah it just never never super really flipped my skirt for some reason i always liked them um but that but that one album um heartbreak station had more of your acoustic stuff in it um and they tried to have more of a twangy, I won't even say Western or anything, but it just had more of a twang to it. And it was the closest thing to having like the the hair metal mixed with some sort of country influence. And um, mm-hmm. so I still go back and listen to that album all the time. It's the same thing with like Bon Jovi and like Wanted Dead or Alive, you know, that everybody knew. Um, or um, I think he did the soundtrack to The Young Guns. Two, I think it was, is the second Young Guns that Bon Jovi did the oh, soundtrack for. Anyways, it was it was the same thing though. Still, it was that hair metal, and this is mixed with the cowboy Indian type, you know. And that was still in my wheelhouse to where you know anytime I that any time the folky country old school music would seep into the rock music, it's I always liked it, you know. I don't know what's going on with that now, really, if there's something that fits those same kinds of things um, or whatever, but I always liked it. There's some some stuff. I mean, you know, like, oh, wow, at this point, they, God, they're not even new, but, you know, like, uh, Drive-By Truckers, like, their stuff is very much that 
in that vein. I mean, they have an entire record called Southern Rock Opera. Um, so, but um, as for new kids on the block, I, I know there's some because I I don't know. I've been consuming so much like country music lately that it's I'm, not, I'm honestly having a hard time kind of keeping it all. Separate. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, anything anything new that I'm listening to as far as in that genre would be most of the local stuff. Um, my favorite big one over the past couple of years has been um oh dang it now I forgot his name the the sexy after dark he's from Dallas big guy um oh um Paul Coffin no 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 I mean literally big no? big like as in oh 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 um da, 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 he's got three names yeah um, it's got Ray in there somewhere dang it we uh, Ray Walker yeah um, something like that um oh my God I can't Joshua Ray Walker Joshua Ray. Walker the dude's fantastic. So good. We yeah, went, he is good. We got to see him play. Um, hell, he might have opened up for the old 97s when we went and saw the, the old 97s. He, he might have played with them that night. I think it was. And then, then there was another band that was kind of wild. We didn't know who they were. But, uh, yeah, no, him and like... Ottoman Turks? You know, no, like, um, no, this was... I have like to get a back to band with the, Yeah, it was a touring band, man, but they were huge. Everybody in the crowd was singing all their songs. We're like, who the fuck is this? You know? They were way more mainstream than, than <coughs> what we knew. Um, but yeah, my stuff is always like just the the local stuff, like Joe Savage or Luke or you know. I'd even put Denver in that category. That's more like you know some modern oh, yeah. some modern rock music with a lot of country tw- twinge to it. Very very much so. Yeah, know. Denver actually moved into moved into the neighborhood. Him and I have been hanging out um, pretty regular. He's over here now. Which I mean. Yeah, he lives. Uh, he lives in um, Keegan's house. I don't know where Keegan's at, but that's cool. He's in the hood. Yeah, he's uh, he's about three blocks from me. So yeah, we hang out quite a bit. We keep making plans to go running or walking together, and keep not doing it. But uh, we're both busy dudes. But um, yeah, and I've been taking actually. Well, I took a break when I tore the studio down. But um, I've been taking guitar lessons from him for like about a year now too. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, that uh, makes, it's been good. It's it's made a tremendous difference. Holy shit! I'm um, sure, dude. That'll make you not better. That, not that I'm good, but I, like, I'm, I can feel myself getting better. Um, you know, and having to play lead stuff is really like kind of stretching my stretching my muscles. So. Now, playing cowboy music is not so bad, but if you're going to play country lead, you have to know what you're doing. <laughs> you know yeah yeah yes yes 100 percent. you know not just chucking at chords and like you know figuring out how because you know i can kind of play rock guitar not awesome but you know i can get by but like country lead stuff you know to take our songs and make them actually country it has to have the right kind of lead in part to it you know what i mean sure so, sure um because otherwise it just becomes a rock song mm-hmm. you know just a twangy sounding rock song so the having the the country sounding or country rock sounding leads kind of helps glue it together to what the you know the final product is and that's yeah, it's been a challenge but i'm i think i'm getting i'm getting there i'm getting better you know improvement certainly you've been listening to country lately to kind of um for that reason to like learn licks and stuff <laughs> I mean, I always have, but, um, you know, like, I mean, it's, I've always, always loved country. It's, you know, the first music I ever heard and I've always had a sweet spot for it. Um, but yeah, I've been deep diving it pretty heavy the last, I don't know, 
four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll appreciate it. I've been listening to just an obscene amount of Jerry Reed lately. Oh, yeah. He's the best. I don't, you know. Oh, my God. He's so good. Did you Have you ever heard his version of uh, Folsom Prison Blues? Um. Oh man, I I, I want to say yes, but I can't really think about it off the top of my head. Anytime he he does something like that, it he kind of changes it up where it's a little faster. Oh yeah, check it out after uh, after we're done because one, it's awesome, it's Jerry mm-hmm. Reed. But two, for me and Aaron were talking about this at practice last night. Like for our money, that's the best rendition of that song. <laughs> okay, because sometimes I don't think they're as good as the original. Um, whenever he speeds it up a little bit, like he did, um, don't think twice. And I think it's really good, oh. his version, but I think the Bob Dylan version, which is a little slower, is better. Um, yeah, he's he's got a few. Um, he's got one song that's the, um, the you know, the creator of uh, My Name is Earl and Raising Hope, uh-huh. Greg Garcia. Uh-huh. Uh, he has a show on Amazon called Sprung. Okay. Um, which is awesome. It's got the, the dad from Raising Hope and then the mom from Raising Hope are in it, but they're not like married they're in fact they're like different ages in the show or whatever it's basically like these these guys in prison get released because of covid because they don't want to keep all these prisoners in there and so this one guy who like got arrested as a teenager is getting out in his 40s and he like got arrested for selling pot or whatever they had like a mandatory minimum or something yeah. so anyway so then they get out and then um kind of start becoming like sort of Robin Hood esque criminals, you know, like kind of only only messing with bad people, sort of thing. Um, but anyway, all that to say is that Jerry Reed, um, they use the Jerry Reed song as the theme song, which is um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Remember the Good Times, which I think was originally an Elvis song, but um, I haven't. I just like I just figured that out the other day when I was trying to learn the chords for it that it might be an Elvis song, but I haven't looked it up to hear Elvis's version of it. Okay, um, I, I think I know that song too. Okay. But that song is that song is awesome, and you would love the shit out of that show. It's really good. I'll check it out. Yeah, there was a yeah. It's on it's on Amazon through Freeform, so you got to watch like a you know commercial on the front end, one in the middle, and one at the end. But it's it's worth it. Okay, sprung sprung no i like yeah. i like him um anything that he says and he always puts the kind of music that i like all, all throughout the show he'll also use like a lot of roger miller and roger miller was yeah, all through yeah. um <laughs> raising hope do let the dude mm-hmm. yeah. and chug a lug chug a lug yeah i i really 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 started loving roger miller um in the last couple of years i've grown a deep fondest for his music which i've been telling you i told lucas the other tommy i mean the other day um osama the twilight or i was talking i was introducing him to some friends from dallas and i was like yeah he's the roger miller of fort worth and tommy was like okay <laughs> yeah i don't know who would be but i mean he's as good as you know that would that would he'd be he would have he's to be right good yeah He's got that. He's got that kind of silly quality, but uh-huh. like in a smart way to his music. So, ah, for my money, he's Fort Worth's Roger Miller. Yeah. Should should we need one? Um, he would be ours. Yeah, and I've gotten into him over the past few years too, because he has some really good songs, and a lot of them are fun. Um, you know, kind of just silly and whatever. But there's there's some heavy ones in there too. He has he's a pretty good writer. 
you know, and he was oh, a really good singer, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And he's got, I think his voice maybe reminds me a little bit of Roger Miller's, like a little bit, but yeah. it's maybe his songwriting is really more what kind of strikes that. There was something, there's something tragic about Roger Miller. I don't know his whole story, but I don't think it's a happy one. You know, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked it up. Yeah. I don't think he was, I don't think his story is a happy one. And it's, he's one of those people that always seems kind of happy and all that kind of stuff. But I think he had a real dark darkness to him. So, yeah, I'll have to look that up later. Or maybe I, maybe I shouldn't. No, I mean, I don't. But I'm not I'm, saying I'm, that that he would be canceled now. Maybe I'm not. I'm not. Oh no. Okay. I, yeah, I just mean I like. I don't want to be bummed out. Oh. Dude, I like. Yeah. No, I just couldn't quit drinking. <laughs> it was something, you know, like that. Like you know, a lot of them were tragic that way. Like Hank Williams Sr. and you know, and uh, Johnny Horton too. Mm-hmm. So now, have have you gotten into um, Hank three at all? Uh, no, uh, not for lack of trying, though. Really? Because, man, I'd, like, the first couple of albums that he had, I thought he was just the greatest thing ever, you know? I, I, I get it, like, 100% I get it, but as, I don't know, as I've gotten older, I've, and, you know, spent more time producing music, I've gotten to the point where I can be like, okay, I hear the merit in this, I like, you know, like, I understand why it's good, and I definitely understand why people like it, but for some reason I don't. And he's just one of those guys for me, you know. Same mm-hmm. with like U two, you know, like jo- my, you know, Josh Reed loves U two, loves him so much, and I just can't get into him. But I get it, I understand. Yeah, no, there's tons of tons of bands like that. With Hank three um, off the first album, though, he had, there's a couple songs that he covered. Um, one of them was called um, "Thunderstorms and Neon Signs," and then. Um, the other one was like 87 Southbound. And so both of these songs were written by um, Wayne Hancock. So then I decided to check out Wayne Hancock. Now, Wayne Why? Hancock Why is... Why do I know Wayne Hancock? Because he's the real deal. Wayne the Train Hancock. He plays here every... I mean, he'll come through town and play, but he is like... He is awesome. Now, he's like kind of underground country, you know, but like I said, you know, I mean... Hank three isn't anybody like too famous. He's not playing in front of hundreds of thousands of people or whatever. You know what I mean? It's small crowds and stuff, people that get him. But even Wayne the train was probably, you know, a little bit the same or a little bit lower or whatever. But um that's where I kinda came across. I don't know if he's from Austin or or where he's from, but I seen him play and he was wearing like this one guy walks out, tall, good looking cowboy in a western shirt and a in in a hat, I'm like that that must be him. And he picks up the stand-up bass, you know. I'm like, okay, that's not Wayne. And then, <laughs> then this other guy walks out, and another, just he has a cowboy hat, western, all kinds of stuff. He, I'm like, that must be him. Nope, he, get, he gets behind the drums. Then this guy walks out wearing flip-flops and khaki shorts and a, and a Hawaiian shirt, and I'm like, that can't be him. And sure enough, he picks up the guitar. Howdy, folks, I'm Wayne the Train Hancock. And he starts playing his songs. I'm like, holy, holy shit. That's, shit. And he was great. He was, you know, doing his 87 southbound, now standing tone. Now, this he, he's good. Check out Wayne Hancock if you haven't heard him. Okay, yeah, I will, definitely. Because that's some good, um, some good, I think it's Texas country. I really think he's from here. Um... Who else? Um, it's another dude I've been getting into lately. I gotta look him up real quick. Um, I should know his name because I've been spinning the shit out of his songs. Um, 
uh, what the hell? Why can't I think of that? Oh, Robbie Folks. Um, I I'd heard Robbie Folks like as an acoustic, you know, just playing acoustic, um, like as a guest on Dumb People Town podcast. And I was like, oh man, these songs are really cool. Let me look it up. And like all of his music is like full band production, like honky tonk country stuff. And I was just like, oh man, I just, I don't know. I absolutely love this. I've been deep diving his stuff. Hmm, I um, already have he's got a song off. called, he's got a song called She Took a Lot of Pills and Died. Oh, um, it's, it's really great. And he's got another song. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like something to the effect of like, basically like Nashville, go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> something that's not exactly what it is. Um, but it's something in, something in that vein. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. There's a, there's a backlash that it's cool to hate on Nashville now because of how big Nashville has become or how mm-hmm. commercialized it it's become i think that it, it, if it's if it's not there yet that's in the cards for austin they're next if they're not already I, in that same I, I think austin's pretty much there um i don't know i mean just like I'm, i have never been to nashville but i'm sure it's actually awesome you know like i can't imagine going there and having a bad time as long as you kind of know where to go and you know you don't get sucked into tourist traps but the same thing could be said about fort worth right like i was hanging out in the stockyards the other day and i'm like oh this is just cowboy disneyland like Mm -hmm, um, for sure it's fun and you know like i had a good time and all that but um you know this isn't this isn't fort worth you know this is a a type of fort worth but it's not you know it's not my fort worth um and so i think austin definitely like that where you know there's there's pockets um of you know the cool still but i think it's it's becoming like hipster disneyland so do you think there's any towns so like they were talking um you don't know who they are but these random folks on the radio were talking about different cities in america and they were talking about memphis and the one guy talking about memphis he's like man that's an old school town that's just never changed um it's still just like it was in the 60s and 70s it it feels like he was like he said that he grew up there or spent some time there as a kid and he goes back every few years to visit family and he's like it's still the same the same city it hasn't really been varnished by a lot of the outside stuff that some of these other cities that become really popular places just they get taken over by yeah. corporate now i don't know if he like, i have i haven't been well so we, to memphis. we played we played it in memphis before we did we toured through memphis um and it's i from my very limited like on tour experience with the town which you know is is fairly limited i i would agree with that assessment because i i love that i thought it was super fun like all the bars close at like midnight or something like that but it's like kind of wink wink clothes you know mm-hmm. and just like come around the back alley and then they let you in and it's just a full ass bar you know running full tilt until whenever um they just lock the front door and you have to come in through the back and the police know that and understand it and don't mess with them and stuff so now because i always i always like to think of us as being what i what i imagine memphis is is kind of what i want fort worth to be I think we're close. Um, maybe without the the musical history. History, yeah. But, 
I mean, what, not to say Fort Worth doesn't have a rich musical history. Obviously, it does, but um, you don't have Elvis. You know, it, it, it's, it's not Memphis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. You got to have Elvis, you know, or Graceland. So we have Roger Miller, though. Roger Miller was born here. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, no, Roger Miller is the Roger Pam, Miller of Pam Fort Worth, Pam. really. Yeah, but I mean. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I should amend my um, Tommy Luke. I just thought of, I, I just thought of that. Yeah, I think he. Ended, I think he moved to Oklahoma when he was a small child, but I think he was born in Fort Worth. I think it was, maybe had something to do with the the military bases or something. Maybe his parents were in the military. Or you know who else was born in Fort Worth? I learned this during the pandemic randomly. Um, what's his name? Trey Anastasio from Fish. Really. Is born in Fort Worth. I think he lived in Fort Worth till he was like five months old or something. But yeah, born in Fort Worth. We can still claim him. Yeah, if we want to, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I watched a documentary once, and they were um, interviewing him, and he was sitting there, and he was doing this interview, and he had his guitar in his hand the whole time he was doing this interview. He was just running scales, and I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, holy shit! Maybe he was just like, all up and down the neck, just while he's just talking like it was nothing i'm just like my god yeah that that sounds right that's, yeah uh, that's definitely not my uh, wheelhouse but <laughs> now that's that's um i think some people are are gifted naturally but they have to still work in order to make yeah it may come easier to them or maybe the work is a little bit easier um and they figure it out a little quicker but it still takes that that time you got to put it in over and over Definitely and over and over, and over. The, you know you have to put in the time that's for sure and that's the one thing that it's like i keep picking up my guitar and i'll i'll pick on it because i want to play like jerry reed but i'm like god dude if i can pick somebody else <laughs> like, oh yeah dude seriously pick somebody else like straight up yeah yeah aim lower work work your way up like way way lower it's like he's so incredible you know i'm telling you from experience i've been trying to pick up a couple of jerry reed songs oh, it's no I, you can get you can or i getting a me personally i can pick out a couple licks um but i can't string all of the licks together in the song and just i don't know his chord choices and stuff is just so awesome so it's fascinating it is fascinating and it's it's like he was you know schooled under chet atkins you know yeah. which, which is virtuoso but whenever you watch him play together it's like chet's the schooled guy he holds the guitar exactly how you're supposed to hold it and plays it exactly how you're yeah, supposed to play on, it and hits everything and his left knee and all that. yeah and everything is perfect you know and jerry gets up there and just kind of beats on the thing and still does all the same stuff i mean he's just as good he just has a different way of playing it's it's almost sloppy but it's, it doesn't sound sloppy he just looks because it's not the classical you know He's a wild man. What's the song, Alabama yeah. Wild Man? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just bought. Uh, I went and saw Bruce Magnus at Docs on Saturday, and I bought like three Jerry Reed records I didn't own yet. Oh yeah, which um, ones you get? Um, yeah, I'm gonna look real quick. I'm sure nobody else cares um, about this, but I do. <laughs> just was like, oh, are we recording? <laughs> oh, I've been recording. Yeah, sure. Awesome. <laughs> feels like. Uh, just chatting with you on the phone. <laughs> yeah, no, we've been recording for about four, about forty minutes or so. Awesome. I didn't want to ask earlier because I didn't want to spoil the um, the charm of it. But then I realized I'm like, oh, I'm just rambling. <laughs> well, see, now that makes me wonder because, like last 
the last interview I had, I was talking to Daniel, and we talked for about 35 minutes or so, and then I was like, I started to close it down, and he's like, are we recording? I was like, dude, we were recording the whole time. I started laughing, and he started laughing. I was like, he's, he's joking. Now I'm starting to wonder if he was joking or not. Maybe I should tell people at the beginning of the, I just assume people know that when I call you, I'm recording. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I picked up um, Coco Joe and Cookin'. Okay. I think I've got... And I already had I already had uh, Georgia Sunshine and uh, the, the Smokey and the Bandit soundtrack. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I have Coco Joe. I might even have Cookin'. Isn't Coco Joe the one where he's sitting on a chair on his front porch, leaned back? Yes. Okay, I have well, that Well, actually, one. that might describe that might describe a couple of them. He's wearing a, like <laughs> a yes. He's wearing a bucket hat, kind of like a Gilligan hat. In, yeah, and like tennis shoes. And tennis like shoes, those, uh, seven, right? And those seventies, like. And that's what was cool about him. Again, it's uh, it's uh, he was country, but he didn't always look country. You know, he was he was more the he was uh, he was the other way where he was a country artist but would flirt around with the rock stuff, or at least looked like it and was in movies and more mainstream than, you know, he wasn't always in boots and a hat. <coughs> yeah, I mean, I, arguably, well, I guess, no, yeah, there's, I've seen quite a few live shows with him actually wearing a hat, but him wearing a cowboy hat wasn't, I don't know if it was necessarily the most common common way to see him perform. He did seem a little more kind of laid back, but... I don't know. To me, I don't know. I, the seventies just seemed like such a cool time that everybody who got on TV in the seventies is just automatically cool with my book. <laughs> yeah, because the clothes they were wearing and stuff. Uh, I'm, do, I'm doing some artwork for the Waking Snakes right now. We had um some uh some lady in like Argentina draw a logo for us and some color in it. So I'm scrolling through looking at vintage cowboy boots to get some like coloring like oh, uh, nice. ideas for yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the seventies. Uh country it's just weird because i was talking about this with um some family the other day where they're like you know they're like oh whatever kind of country music it is today is just terrible and blah 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 blah. and it's like and it's not that i don't disagree i i agree 100 percent. but you probably could have said that at any time period i'm sure the old people were because country is always crossed with the mainstream whether it was in the 60s or the 70s or the 80s or the 90s, you know, there was always... 50s, 50s, 40s. Yeah, I mean, it always crossed yeah. over into the mainstream, and you always had the, country the artists. the 30s were probably the only... The 30s were probably the only point where they didn't, really, you know, when it was still a very much a distinct genre. But mm-hmm. I'm going back through Cocaine and Rhinestones right now. The documentary? Um, the, uh, kind of, yeah, the um, it's a podcast series okay. that Tyler Mahan Co. does. And it's um, the second season is what, what me and Amanda are listening, like re-listening to the second season, so we can watch that George and Tammy um, mini. Or I don't know if it's a mini series or a movie or whatever on HBO, but yeah. we wanted to kind of refresh on the the story before we're watching it. Um, but um, yeah, so we've been like kind of re-listening to that, and um, yeah, it's just interesting to kind of hear how it's evolved. But it's always, you know, like had one foot in that sort of crossover idea of, uh, you know, um, still trying to appeal and even, you know, to some extent chasing sort of, um, pop music sounds and stylings or whatever. And I mean, you hear that in today's, you know, kind of, uh, it's not my favorite style of country, but you know, there's a lot of hip hop and stuff getting integrated into it, which, you know, people can bitch about. And I, it, it's not for me, but I mean, it's, 
it's definitely well within the tradition of country music to, yeah. to do that kind of stuff. That, yeah, exactly. That's all, you know, from Shania Twain or, you know, any of these people that were big in both, you know, times. Yeah, and you had Cowboy Troy back in the day, did a... I played chicken oh, with the train, train, chicken with the train. Uh-huh. Yeah. We've um, had some, some rappers. No, there there was a song that I would hear at Discount Tired. I can't tell you what what it is, but it's a mainstream popular country song from probably a year ago or two, two years ago. And every time I would walk into the, the, the garage and I would hear this song, I would kind of smile. And I was like, damn it. I, I both loved and hate this song because it had like this really um, electronic beat to it, you know, like this hip hop beat to it. But yet it had this acoustic guitar, and he's singing this cheesy about sitting around a campfire and singing. Or something. I don't know. It was just horrible, but at the same time, it was so catchy. I was just like, "Damn it, this is really good," but I don't want to like it, oh, you know. Man, there's a there's a schlocky one out now. I, called like i mean it's probably been out for a couple of years now but it's called like opening day or whatever it is it's not it doesn't really integrate the hip-hop it, but it's still got kind of that modern production to it but mm-hmm. it's like just meant to target a very hyper specific audience and it's all about how you know opening day you're gonna go shoot your first deer or whatever and um you know and then you know, you learned it from your grandpappy and you're teaching your kid and it's basically designed to make like grown men cry. Sure, <laughs> you know it's like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a tough ass, you know, dude. But yeah, that song gets me right, right in the feels. Then it probably um, does, man. And that dude's probably making. Bank. Oh no, I'm sure it does. But yeah, oh of course, Jesus Christ, these guys are printing money. Of course, I don't know the name of the dude, so um, you know, it may be a not a, a long lived career, but. You know, making money where you can, I guess. <laughs> now, there's a lot of country songs that, 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 that like to make grown men cry. Do you remember that song, Teddy Bear? You should look that one up if oh. you remember that. There's one where it's, it's like there's a kid. I can't remember it, no. So it's, it's a whole story. It's about a truck driver. And he would always... Oh, my God. Yeah, you're talking about... Oh, he, no, go ahead. And he would get... Um, I think so. He would always get, like, um, CB radio from this little kid called Teddy Bear. Yes, and the kid's dad dies or whatever. Something Bobby. like that. So they talk. They talk about that on Cocaine and Rhinestones, and like how um, or they he Tyler Mayer mm-hmm. talks about it. He talks about that song as in as kind of like a bad example of the trucking, you know, truck driving genre that you know got super popular after. Uh, oh, Convoy. Shit. I can't remember that. No, Convoy came kind of in the middle of a okay. pack, but the, like the first one was in the '60s. You'll know it. It's like, um, oh, something about like it, the title has to do with fuel mileage. Um, now that I know we're recording, I feel super dumb for <laughs> I try to be smarter about things and not not start talking about something I don't know. Like you know, I do in regular conversation. Sure. I'll just start talking about some shit. Um, no, God damn it! No, it's something something about like uh, being on the road six days. Yes. Um, oh, Six Days on the Road. I think that's what it's called. Okay. I don't think I know that one. It, anyway, that was kind of like the kickoff to that genre. And then, you know, CD culture in the 70s kind of mm-hmm. became what it was. And then everybody's like, oh, this is great. And, oh, shit. Look at this song, Convoy. is doing really good. Um, and so then all these people started making it. But yeah, they, they talked about that, that Teddy Bear song as being so unrealistic that, like, not all, these truckers wouldn't all, like, divert from 
what they're doing to like see this kid whose dad died. Well, because that's what it was. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, it was something like that because he would talk to them every night. They would he would just go out and I met. I'm trying to go from memory too because I was a child when I heard this and I would cry. I listen to the song and I would cry. (laughs) Do it again and I would cry. Oh my god, listen. Listen back as an adult and see if it still oh, makes you feel that way. Or, no, I'm or sure see it if you think it's actually super cheesy. I'm sure <laughs> that it is. I've listened to it in the last week. Okay. And I can tell you with great, great certainty. Yeah, because no, he's cheesy. he's calling out and talking to these these the truckers because his dad was, was was a trucker and so he would just talk to him whatever. Right. And then, yeah, and then his, then they find out that his dad died, and so then they all make up their own convoy, and they come. Don't they come? I think that that they come and each one take him for a ride. Or something. Yes. Yes. You know? Exactly. That's and so, exactly right. and they're they're like lined up for miles <laughs> to to take turns to give him a ride around the block or whatever. And so, but I thought it was yep. so sweet. And I wanted to grow up and be a truck driver, and I wanted to talk on the CV, and you know, and that's why oh I liked God. Smokey and the Bandit, and fell in love with Jerry Reed, and you know, all that stuff is from seventies. I used to draw pictures of semi trucks, and I had a bunk bed, and I would sit on the top bunk and be like Breaker One Nine, <laughs> you know. God, yeah. I mean. God, truck drivers were at the the top of the fucking heap in the seventies. They were the coolest. Were, that was that was a time when they were. But of course, they were all like eating reds and mm-hmm. vitamin C and cocaine. <laughs> oh, the seventies, yeah. No, you drive by yeah. and do your do your little fist pump, and they would honk their horn. You get so excited, yeah. laying in the back of the laying in the back of the dashboard of the car. <laughs> oh, in the car seat, you mean? <laughs> no car seat. You're laying in the back dash where the no, sneakers that's what are. I mean. That was the car seat. Yeah. That was the car seat. <laughs> no, my sister would lay up there and out because she was smaller, and then I would lay on the seat, on the back seat. We would take naps on our own road trips. That's funny. Yeah. So. Man, I don't think cars aren't even big enough to do that anymore. Uh-uh. <laughs> like, I don't think Pepper could lay long ways across <laughs> like any of our vehicles, but. Yeah, they don't really have a bag dash like they used to with the big speakers back there and stuff. I don't know. They don't hardly make cars anymore. Yeah. Everything is crossovers and SUVs and vans and trucks. Yeah. Or Which little I, bitty cars. I, mean, I, drive an, I drive an SUV, but yeah, I kind of, I, I get the lament for sure. All right. So um, we mentioned Bruce Magnus a couple of times. They just came out with a new album right before the first of the year i think it was the end of last year yeah 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 bruce magnus on the radio um yeah that was super that was a fun one to work on uh matthew lane actually plays uh plays a guitar on one of those songs okay it's a good record i can't remember which one i listened to it i record so much so much of their stuff that i can never remember which one's for next i was was asking so other than them is um is there anything else that's been out lately or anything that we should look for that that you were working on over at Cloudland? Man, um, yeah, I was. Well, so I, I did, um, I worked with Corey Cross on, uh, he, he had a song come out a couple months ago that um, I Should Stay that um, is really good. And then I mastered a Christmas song for him pretty recently. And then he's going to come in and cut a record. He's a really good kind of like up-and-coming up country dude. Um and then I did, uh, right before I shut the studio down, I did a record with Jenna Clark that uh, it's all mixed. We're just waiting to get it mastered, and then she's going to release it. But it's a really cool, like, I did a lot of 70s-style country production on it. Um, 
so that one's gonna be pretty cool and then um i think what uh itchy richie just did the um continuous vaudeville they recorded that with me and that came out um, oh i don't like think i realized that now. i don't think i realized that you were part of that record that's cool or that th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, recorded and recorded and mixed it yeah i oh. maybe mastered it probably not but um that's a good record anyway, i definitely recorded it yeah, I, yeah. I, I like that one and i like that dude a lot yeah yeah um yeah i see him quite a bit. i talk to him quite a bit too but um and then his um bass player uh jeff uh, has jeff zero in his own private universe um which is super awesome actually i think you would like this stuff a lot it's very i, I i'm always kind of struggling how to describe it but it's sort of you know how matthew Broyles has that sort of like cool kid 80s college radio sound mm-hmm. um this is the the same thing it's like like you would you would be you would be cool if somebody passed you this a cassette like a cassette of this in 1986 and you traded them for like an rem record yeah okay you know, it's like it's this kind of like cool jangly proto indie rock stuff and so um got uh his records in the can we just need to mix it but right before we started to mix i decided to completely disassemble the studio um and still trying to get it put back together <laughs> so is it is it close or still pretty far away it's pretty close like all the construction is done and so i the whole impetus for doing the um the remodel was i bought a 1972 again obsessed with the 70s um 1972 autotronics um mixing console Mm. and which was a company made in memphis the whole conversation comes full circle um anyway um and uh also this particular console allegedly belonged to caius um, oh, for some amount of time, and uh, it lived at Rancho Del Luna for uh, at least the nineties. I don't know where it lives. That's cool as shit. To the nineties, yeah, it's super cool. But it's a fifty-year-old mixing console, so I've been going through it like literally, not every single day, but like five to six days a week, going through it component by component, just like testing every little thing checking this replace this do that you know and so yeah. trying to get that thing back online and once i get that online then um i should be good to go so oh. we're, i'm hoping a couple more weeks and i'll be up and running proper nice i keep saying that's kind of the running joke with yeah everybody. two weeks it's like hey two weeks <laughs> like it's been two weeks since october two weeks it's been two weeks since september <laughs> yeah, well, see, i was close i was just guessing you were very close but yeah, I'm also just running out of uh, money to pay my landlord with, so I got to get some clients. Together. Oh, sure. <laughs> I've, been, I've been picking up some like random, like, hey, can you mix this? And I'll just kind of throw up a, a system really quick and mix something. And then, like, oh, oh, we just did a Garage Barrage song. Um, I don't know how much I can say about it because um, uh, Ian's got kind of this uh, big to do that he wants to do. So um, I don't want to spoil anything. But. We um we kind of scheduled it when I thought I would be finished, and I definitely wasn't finished by then. But um, Ian's sister like flew in from Vegas to like for the recording session. So um, me and Aaron um, one night just like set up like a makeshift studio inside of the studio to record oh, that. Yeah. So um, that'll be really cool once it uh once I get it up and running. I gotta mix that and you know get with Ian to finish it, but. 
it'll be uh he's got he's got a really big vision for it that should be pretty cool well that's awesome well it sounds like between me motor scooter and the i forget it's the waking snakes yeah, the waking snakes. We yeah. just we just put up a Facebook page this week. I'm gonna look for it. I like it. All right, and then uh, with yeah. the studio stuff, yeah, you're gonna have a busy year. Yeah, I think so. It's shaping up that way too. And I've got like, I don't know, this ridiculous backlog of people that are like, I've got first dibs when you reopen. I'm like, okay, well, you, well, we're, I guess we're gonna do like a like Pick. a deli system where I just take a number. Yeah, <laughs> do a lottery. Yeah, basically. So, which is good. It's a good problem to have. No, for sure. Good to be wanted. But, uh, yeah, it's the um, the least amount of music production. Not the least amount of music, but the least amount of music production I've done in 15 years. So it feels weird. Oh, like um, you're not doing not nothing. Like, yeah. yeah, but, like, not, not opening Pro Tools. You're not firing up my tape machine every single day. Is, uh, it's, it's been weird. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely anxious to get back at it. That's probably a good break, and it'll be it'll be good for you when you when you get back into it. You'll have a new yeah. And I was yeah. I was going a thousand miles an hour for the last three years, so mm-hmm. um, it's probably at least on a subconscious level, like my body going. Hey, why don't you chill out for a second and catch your breath? And then now I think I've caught my breath, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm ready to go back. Yeah, get back. Let's get back to running. But hopefully I'll try to strike a, a better balance, I think, <laughs> moving forward. Yeah. Which, a, you know, a toddler naturally is going to force you to do that. So. Yeah, the older she gets, the more time you're gonna she's going to need with you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, now, hey, I'd, um, I'm going to let you go after this, but you were talking about going walking. Anytime you want to go walking, either one of you or, or Denver, I walk my dog every night. And so I can meet y'all somewhere okay. or y'all can come over here and we can, I walk, I walk for about half an hour, 45 yeah. minutes, you know, I was before the, um, before the studio remodel, I had, um, as uh, COVID was not kind of my waistline, but mm-hmm. I'm finally back to a healthy ish weight now. But, um, I got, you know, kind of upset with myself. So I started walking a lot in the neighborhood and I would, um, I would go towards Ryan place and towards your neighborhood, like walking instead of back towards Magnolia, mostly because I didn't want to run into people. I know like wearing sweatpants. <laughs> funny. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I, no, it's funny. Cause I do the same thing. I go towards your house. Like I go into Ryan's place where I, I go over one block and then I go all the way down to Elizabeth and then I'll cut across to like maybe fifth or sixth and then come all the way back up to like Canty or or Loudon, then go well, back and to my house. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd go all the way up to like Loudon or whatever because you're that's your cross street without, I guess, giving your yeah. location away, right? Yeah. So yeah, I go all the way up to Loudon, and then that's about where I'd, I'd turn around. I'd mix it up. So I think I, I think over the year I covered basically every block in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, which is kind of fun. I actually, I know what we're talking about. It. I super miss that because I don't. Our neighborhood is really fun to mm. like walk I'd, in. No, I gawk, gawk at all the houses. Yeah, and I do it every night. No, as soon as I hang up here, I'm gonna go in there and grab the dog, and we're gonna go for our nightly walk because we haven't gone yet. Oh, nice! And it's really cool to kind of go at nighttime because nobody's out. Like when you go like at this time of night, eight, eight, nine o'clock, there's nobody out. 
Yeah. Well, I like mixing it up because I like, I don't know, I just like looking at the houses. Especially, I mean, Fairmount's awesome, obviously, but like once you get into Ryan Place, they all get bigger and it's like these different stratas of, nah, you know, like yeah, former wealth and new wealth. And it's, I like seeing them like, I like seeing them during the day and then I like seeing them like how they're lit up at night. Mm hmm. No, it was super fun. There's uh, a couple. Good. Oh, God. Oh. Oh, I was say, there's a couple, there's like two houses on 6th Street. Um, on one block before um, Elizabeth that I'm like coveting. Like if, if they, I don't want them to go for sale for a couple of years till we're like ready to move. But like if one of those two houses comes up for sale and we're, and we're in the the point to get it, I, I want them. (laughs) No, that's, that's cool. I was just going to say, um, I started walking when it was still really bright outside, even at nine o'clock, you know, and so watching it get darker every day, but then going through and then watching everybody start decorating for all the Halloween stuff and then it all coming down and then, th- yeah. and, then and then turkeys started popping up here and there. And then they, and then all of a sudden it was Christmas. I was like, Oh my gosh. And it was just like for like, from like October, you know, for those three months, you know, it was every night I was like, this is fun to go out every night. Cause people just kept adding stuff to their houses or new houses would add more stuff, you know, and just yeah. every day was a different kind of, you know, walk. No, yeah, it's, a, it's awesome. Our neighborhood does Halloween and Christmas. Like they, they do it right. It's the best. Um, I don't know if you, I, I don't know if you guys went trick or treating this year or not, we did. but like we, we, we took pepper all the way up to Elizabeth and there was like, 10 minute wait at some of these houses mm-hmm. to like get your candy oh this is so crazy um, our me motor scooters lawyer lives on um, one of the houses on elizabeth and um we tried waiting in line and you know like to go see him or whatever um and it was like, it was like 10 minutes 15 minutes and yeah. like pepper's getting antsy so we just like moved on back into the neighborhood a little bit more and so i texted him like hey dude i tried to come by your house he's like oh i should come back i got tequila shots <laughs> it's like i can't wait in line for that yeah <laughs> yeah we 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 started there and it was dark by the time we got over there and um it was just like a mess load of people they had the streets closed off and then um yeah yeah we, which i thought was crazy yeah then we then we ended up going really close to your neighborhood right right around the corner i think um they had like a a bunch of stuff like some house, like some haunted house type things and tents and stuff and they had drinks and so we were over there for a little while it's fun it's always fun but yeah anyways if you and Denver ever want to go walking give me a call I'll go with you because I take the dog walking every day okay cool yeah um, and so I'm not walking around earlier in the week because yeah, both of us get um, you know weekends obviously get kind of busy but yeah I would definitely let you know we'll okay walk up there and link up that sounds cool alright man yeah. Well, I will cool. finish this with you. Well, then um, this will probably won't be up till Monday. Oh, awesome! Yeah, all right, but yeah, cool. I'll put all the songs on it and I'll tag you in it, so you know what's up. Cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a. It's felt a lot more like a like a conversation <laughs> than like a podcast. Good. It, that's what it's supposed to. Yeah. This is supposed to be a phone yeah. call. Yeah, I really want it to be, to be kind of voyeuristic. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Well, and I'm sick. Uh, the old uh, Funky Town Podcast Studios right now. No, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, well, uh, I was like, I was working on that artwork, but um, so that's why I'm back here. But yeah, so it's, I don't know, kind of uh, fitting, I guess. That you wouldn't, well, you'd recognize the place, but like where you used to sit, like uh, there's a, 
table there now because Amanda had to put an office in here during COVID and we got a, a file cabinet in here now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, now, my setup's a little, little bit different. I just got my little laptop and I got my little it's a Zoom thing that I, I could hook my phone into and then I got a microphone and headphones and that's it. I'd take up like three foot square space. That's all you need. Man. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, it's good talking to you, for real. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Yeah, this is fun. Um, yeah, I'll hit you up about the walking thing, and then we'll try to try to get together outside the podcast. Yeah, um, sometime soon. Yeah, and send me anything on um, whispering snakes or waking snakes. Waking snakes. Waking snakes. <laughs> Sorry, as soon as I said it, and it was wrong. We had trouble landing on a name, and that was the uh, that was the one that we all all agreed was. I like it. I just I want to say whisper, and so I got to think about it. Yeah. Well, it's I I didn't know this because Matt's like uh, he's a big reader and like really into Southern Gothic, and he he really likes he's like me that, that super likes these kind of weird old timey turns of phrase, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but um, apparently, waking snakes is like um, it's like a term. It's an old timey term for like going out and you know kind of getting raucous and getting in trouble you know like you're you're out there waking up snakes oh. you know you're, you're out there being whiskey drunk and that makes you know, sense yelling and yeah so it's, it's fitting we're a we're a hard drinking band so. <laughs> all right well you'll be out there waking snakes yeah we'll be out there waking snakes all right man it's been fun yeah yeah it's been real good all right so uh yeah, well, um, I look forward to not listening back to this, but telling other people to. I know. I'm the same way. I won't listen to this. I'll, I'll put the music on there, but I won't listen to the interview. I was here. I, I heard it. I talked, you know, you heard it. We're good. Yeah, I, I know what my voice sounds like. I don't need to hear it filtered any way. Yeah, no, it's funny. All right, man. You have a good night. Uh, you too, Jeff. I'll All talk right. to you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. Funky is what Funky do. Fortworth's favorite podcast, the Funky Town Podcast.
Yeah!